The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well, thanks. And Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. So before we get get going, I want to mention another show that's on the Starquest Network that I know you will enjoy called The Secrets of Stargate. And you will hear some very familiar voices on that, including our own Father Corey and Jack Barazzini. And they discuss the Stargate TV series and the movie. They've discussed the movie. Uh, right now, they're talking about Stargate SG-1. It's It was long requested from listeners to have a show about Stargate, and so we've added that in. Father Corey, uh, that sounds like it's been going really well. We've been having a lot of fun doing it. We've been really been enjoying it. We're actually uh, just finishing up the first season for our recording. You know, we record like we do with our other shows. We record a little ahead, and uh, we're finishing up the first season and re- really having a lot of fun doing it. So come check us out. Excellent. So check out the Secrets of Stargate wherever you get fine podcasts or at sqpn.com slash Stargate. But today on The Secrets of Technology, we're discussing some important uh, technology information. When disaster strikes, that, how, does your, how does technology help you prepare, endure, and recover? And that's what we'll be talking about, some tips, some ideas, some, some equipment, and other software that you might be able to buy. So, because, and this is important because no matter where you live, I have yet to find a place on this God's green earth where there is not a possibility of some kind of natural disaster. <laughs> there are fires and floods and uh, hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes. And I already say earthquakes and you know, yep. blizzards. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, cats and dogs living in sin. Yeah, I mean, it's the <laughs> mass hysteria, mass hysteria, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> a Ghostbusters reference. There, there's always something. I mean, if you if you live in a place that has no natural disasters, I want to hear about it because I might move next door. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but in general, mm-hmm. and this came up because Joanne and I both live in the Northeast and we had Hurricane Henry blow through this past week, although the weather forecasters were not as accurate in its impact as they possibly could have been uh, it's still a lot of people had lost power and there were other problems there was that flooding in tennessee which is just awful yep. a friend of a friend uh her mom got swept away in the floods and died oh, it was awful horrible oh. yeah. uh, you know and then the wildfires out west and fires that's yeah we had fires out here a lot of fires out here in fact there was one just you know seven miles south of town just on the other side of a mountain and, and, you know, in defense of weather people, when they're trying to figure out hurricanes, hurricanes usually have a regular path. Yeah. This thing had the weirdest path I have seen ever in tracking, because <laughs> I've tracked yeah. them for a long time. And yeah, this one was doing the curly cues. I think it was doing Palmer Method handwriting while it was <laughs> yeah. trying to get out of here. Wandering around like a drunken toddler. I mean, it was There you bad. go. <laughs> don't ever, yeah. <laughs> don't repeat that. Don't, don't repeat that. <laughs> I've never seen it. So, uh, So let's talk about how tech can help us prepare for these sorts of events and so the let's start with some apps and software that we could use uh and and websites uh, and one of that I wanted to mention was something that I had as a pick of the week uh some time ago it's an app called Harbor H A R B O R I try to say that very intentionally without my Boston accent otherwise I would have said Haba <laughs> Haba. <laughs> <laughs> and it's at hellohaba.com, helloharbor.com. And right now, this is just an iOS app, but they have an Android app coming. Unless, uh, they might even have, have it come out already. But uh, what it is, is it sort of gamifies disaster prep. And what I mean by that is it walks you through a bunch of different quizzes and other activities to help you think about 
what you need to do to prefer, to prepare for different kinds of situations, uh, different kinds of disasters. And one whole thing is about water, like not not just flooding, but I mean, like how to have enough water, how to mm-hmm. think about it. And I think one of the ways they make their money is, is they get to a point where they're like, you need uh, water jugs to store water in. Here's a link to buy some. And so it's probably an affiliate link. They're probably making some money off of it. But I haven't gone through the whole thing. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of these things and not everything will apply to everybody. But it's 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 a kind of a useful exercise to make you think about it anyway. Yeah, I downloaded it um, when you suggested it in one of the previous episodes. And I, again, I haven't had a chance to play with it either, but it looks like it looks like it tries to cover everything and then help you specifically. Right. Yeah, it asks for your location and then will modify itself to address the sorts of things that you're going to face. If if you live in Arizona, it's, you know, especially the desert part of Arizona, it's not going to give you stuff to prepare for blizzards or, right. you know, I, I'm not getting stuff to prepare for earthquakes because those are extremely unlikely in the Boston area, although not impossible. <laughs> True. So uh, it, it's really kind of useful in that sort of thing. And it's a, it's a useful exercise to kind of walk through and because you don't know what you need to know a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And this helps you understand. When, and I, I looked, uh, I, when you mentioned it again as a, a pick of the week, Dom, um, I signed up for their wait list for Android and they're still on the wait list for Android. Okay. They still haven't got done. So I encourage our listeners who have Android, if you sign up to their wait list and we get a rush on their wait list, they might actually put a priority towards getting an Android version out. That would be um, really good. Which, yeah. th- good. this is going to be my Android rant at this point. It's almost unacceptable that there is a one or the other app anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it really is. They, the two are the two are in parity now. I mean, five years ago, uh, yeah, iOS was the, the dominant force, but now the two are in parity. So, anyways, Android user rant over. It, it's <laughs> we're past that point. They should have the Android version out at the same time. Yes, but yeah, but that being said, you know how many people are adequately prepared. How many people, I mean, just looking at their, their website, you know, they show, you know, having matches, having a flashlight. Mm-hmm. How many people could go find a working flashlight in their house in five seconds right now? Right. Yeah. I got one in and my And by the way, I'm not raising my hand. I'm not raising my hand. <laughs> it's my phone, you know, yeah. but how many people, well, you, and you, yeah. you don't want to rely on your phone's flashlight, you flash to be your flashlight. You need an actual mm-hmm. battery powered, like mag light, right. know, real flashlight. Yeah, things we'll like talk, that. We'll so talk about it's, it's some good. of that stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's good to have an app like this that's going to say, "No, you really need to have these things, and you need to have them where you can find them." And this is why they kind of they give them education yeah. on why that sort of thing. So, Harbor is a great option. HelloHarbor.com. Another one is the Red Cross has a whole bunch of mobile apps that they offer, uh, including ones for specific. Uh, uh, what am I saying? Specific kinds of disasters. So they have like a, mm-hmm. a hurricane app, a tornado app. Uh, they have uh, first aid apps. They have an earthquake That's app. They, and they have uh, uh, pet first aid and that sort of stuff. And they have a whole bunch of different apps that one of the things that they can do is they can monitor particular locations. So say you live across the country from your mom and dad and they you want, you know, you get weather alerts for here. But they live in a, say, earthquake-prone area. If there's an mm-hmm. earthquake or warning or something like that, or a volcano or you know, a yeah. tornado watch, you could get a notification on your phone saying, hey, there's a, there's a natural disaster warning for this area that you told us to look at. Mm. And that keeps you aware. Okay, hey, mom and dad, are you okay? Are you ready for this? Or you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah. the, the, the Red Cross apps are pretty good. They're not great. There's they're a little thin on some in some areas, but they're they're good. They're they're good at a part of the whole package is how I want to look yes. at it. Yeah, they were my first ones that I ever got a long time ago, and sometimes I do go back to them for reference, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. the pet first aid when when I have the dogs. So that was always well, like, sure. what do you what do you do for a dog? Right. I was always like, I hope I never have that situation with a dog. We're somewhere and we can't get to a vet. The dog breaks its leg. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. You know? And uh, yeah, there's a there is a, a first aid app. There's also an emergency mm-hmm. app, which is more of a it it sort of encompasses everything. You know, it's it's not as so like the hurricane app is very specifically about hurricanes, but the emergency mm-hmm. app is more general. It covers the the gamut of things. So it's a it's it, it's an interesting set of apps. 
definitely check it out. They're free, so there's no reason not to do it. And Har- Harbor is also free, so there's no reason not to have all of them, uh, you know, on your on your phone. Uh, and and I would you know definitely recommend checking them out and and at least downloading them and, and looking at them. Another one I recommend thing I recommend is getting the if your local electric utility has an app, get the app or at mm-hmm. least create a link to the, the their website on your phone. On Like you can um, I think on, on iOS, at least you can create a, a link to a website that exists as an icon on your home screen. Android too, father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so the reason for that is, is and in fact, you, it might even be good to make a link directly to the report and outage link. Mm-hmm. Uh, my utility has a, a, a page where I can report outages, and sometimes it takes time for the when, especially when there's a huge weather event, for them to get all the outages uh, to keep track of them to get them all reported. Uh, but there's right. also our, my utility has a map that shows outages, uh, shows. Uh, estimated time of repair and that sort of thing. It helps you keep track of that sort of thing. So definitely have a, a link to either the either have the app or a link to their website. Yeah, I, I'm looking on my provider is National Grid. Me too. And I'm looking, oh, you've got to see yeah. around here, you could have one of like three different ones. Right. And I'm looking at the map of Rhode Island right now and all the colorful flowers, as I call them, <laughs> are all in what's in South, what we call South County. Yeah. And there's still about... I think I said 26,000 customers down there still without power. Yeah, right. They got hit the worst. We had 86,000 out with this hurricane. And that was just it. I mean, think about Rhode Island's a very small state. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's so a lot. Everything, yeah, everything was south. But there are a couple near me. And I'm like, it's got to be down trees. Sure. More than, right. more than likely. But this is a very good thing to have because then when you can keep track, but don't always believe when it says estimated time of restore. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that may not happen, but at least <laughs> yeah. it, at least it's a guesstimate on yeah. mm-hmm. maybe they'll get there. Yeah. And I, I would take on this too is maybe have a list somewhere on your phone of your utility emergency numbers. Definitely. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, it might the problem might not be electricity, it might be natural gas, which of course get out of the house mm-hmm. and then call. Um, you know, it might be your water or whatever, you know, that that any any of these things, it, it's good to have those emergency numbers in case you're able to call, but for some reason the internet access through your cell phone doesn't work as sure. well. True. Definitely. Have your you so your local police department's emergency and non emergency numbers. That's important. Yep. Not just the nine one one, but non emergency fire department, uh your uh electric, gas, water utility, uh which yep. is off in the town, uh and then uh other ones like that, your doctor and you know uh, mm-hmm. most people have their doctor in their context. But just to have all of these non uh, emergency numbers, have them think about it ahead of time. Who would I in an emergency right. Should I have the number for tree removal and, guy? Who would be one? Yeah, There's and one. what I would I'd recommend too is not just have them in your contacts list because we all know how much fun it is sometimes trying to find things in your contacts list, <laughs> right. but an actual document on the phone, an actual note mm. on the phone with them right. listed. Because yeah. if you're in a panic situation, it might be easier for you to remember. Look at this contact list. Mm-hmm. This this emergency list than it is what's the name of my you know electric provider what's the name of right. my natural gas what's the name of my doctor yep you just have one list that you have to try to remember and you can right. take that a lot of on a, i think on both on your screen too that's true and yes. so apple notes and ios there are notes apps for android evernote is a great place mm-hmm. to store that sort of thing if you're an evernote user google keep anything like that where it's information storage definitely yeah that's a great idea make a, a list like that uh, other apps uh, and websites, FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency, also has a mobile app. They also uh, provide information via text messaging, and they have mm-hmm. pages that give you information at uh, ready.gov that gives all kinds of information about preparing, including they have a great web page at uh, uh, gettechready.gov, and we'll have links mm-hmm. to everything in the show notes. But they, they give all kinds of information about Getting your technology ready. So if you have a business, especially, I think it's 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 one of the things. But uh, uh, how to, you know, have uh, backups and and uh, turning things off and that sort of stuff. So that that sort of disaster prep from a tech perspective is uh, is is also on the federal government's website. But the 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 FEMA app gives you real time alerts from National Weather Service. 
shares can share real time notifications with loved ones mm-hmm. uh, about your situation. Uh, it gives information on emergency safety tips. It will help you locate in when an emergency has happened, emergency shelters, disaster recovery centers. So if you have like a bad disaster that that FEMA is here and doing disaster recovery, this will give you information on how to connect with them, probably to ask for assistance from FEMA and that sort of stuff. So, again, having this stuff on your phone beforehand is preferable to trying to figure out how to get it afterward when Mm -hmm. perhaps sometimes communication can be sketchy, like access to app stores. I have one that we use in our town called Code Red Mobile Alert. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Now there's one to have in case your town starts to have, there's a problem in your town and they want to broadcast emergency information. Having registering this app, your address, where you are in the town, it'll immediately send you something if the town sends out something. So that's... That's a good one too. I've seen it work in a blizzard. Check with your check with your town. See what they do. My town does a reverse nine one one and texting situation okay. where uh, you can written for a phone you know, with with cell phones. You really got to register with it because the reverse nine one one only works with landlines. The automatic one. So register your phone with them. Uh, we also get a text and that sort of stuff. And it's kind of mm-hmm. funny because our phones blow up with all this stuff. <laughs> like my wife's phone, my <laughs> they phone. Do, yeah, yeah. We, we like oh, it must be something coming from the town. Uh, there's also state level. Uh, Massachusetts has mm. a uh, the has a they work with a, a, a an app called Ping Four Number Four Alerts mm-hmm. that I get the state level alerts uh we have the massachusetts state police has an app that also provides certain kinds of information sometimes about like a a criminal or you know if there's a terrorist attack or that sort of thing that Mm -hmm. they could be providing information through that like i have a folder on my phone of just emergency apps and uh, Mm -hmm. and and that's you know a a great thing to have and i have it labeled emergency it's right there on my home my home screen Uh, so there's all kinds of these apps and if you're really old school they have police scanners. Oh, yeah. So for if you, you want to follow them, there are, yep, yeah. I know a lot of people who like to follow police scanners. So I, I have yep. one called 5 Radio. Yeah, and, that's a great and idea. You just, you know, see if you can plug it into. But you have to play with those. I believe 5 worked in Massachusetts, not so much in Rhode Island. So because right. I work in Mass, so. They don't always cover like your local Area. PD, uh, yeah. you know, emergency. But yeah, check them out, and they'll some they'll often have the your your local. And a lot of times, what they are is their people have actual you know police scanner or actual scanners that are hooked up to the police and fire bands and are just scanning through them, and then they broadcast that over the internet is mm-hmm. what they're doing. Right, right, exactly. And there was a very and if I can do one more app, there mm-hmm. was uh, during one of the hurricanes in Florida a while back, they were using an app called Zello, not to be confused with Zillow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or Zelly. Yeah. <laughs> or Zell, but it was um, yeah. I have it. I'm sure. Let me make sure it's not Zelly. It okay. should be Zello. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's Zello. Z e l l o. L l o. Okay. It's a big Z on it. Okay. And you can actually communicate with people, other people. They create a channel and mm. everybody gets on it and they talk disaster. Re- you know, th- this is what they've been using for disaster relief and hurricanes. Oh, OK, so and, local. Yeah. Right, well, it's local, but they've encouraged people from other areas to help out. Like sometimes if they're trying to relay a family member in another right. state. I see what you're saying. Yeah. If That's, you are from another state, you they'll give the number. They can send it privately. Yeah. You can let them know. During Hurricane Harvey over Houston back in, the, in Louisiana back in the day when the, the Cajun Navy was working, I, right. I, I remember now Zella was key to helping people connect and having them deploy these volunteers and boats right. out to save people from the flooding. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah. And this, this kind of brings up a good point as we're going to move into, you know, what to, to do to prepare. Um when there is an emergency, don't immediately call someone. Right. Send a text message. Send a, you know, Twitter ping or a, a Facebook message, you know. Do right. something that's text-based. First of all, because it uses a lot less data. A yes. phone call uses a lot more data than just a simple text message. And it'll cache. So if you send a text message and their phone isn't having reception at that moment, it'll wait until they do. Right. right. 
Just like when you're on a plane and you land and yep. you turn on your phone and it blows up with messages. <laughs> yes, th- definitely. That's a great point. It's, Don't overwhelm the circuits with telephone calls. That that yeah. happens. And if you're in an emergency, the best thing you could, you know, if you're worried, if you got family members that you're you're worried about contacting, make sure they know you're okay. Do you use your social media again? You know, mm-hmm. create a group on Messenger, set post something on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You know, however you communicate with your your family and friends. Currently, mm-hmm. when there's not an emergency, you right. again, don't don't make phone calls. Let save those save those calls for the firemen, the policemen and so on that need that because they do use those lines as backups, too. Right. Right. Very good. Very good. So you mentioned that uh, we're, we're going to move now into discussing some tips, tech tips for disaster preparedness. This comes from Tech Republic. And uh, let's discuss some of them. The first one they recommend is have a backup phone. In your emergency kit, which is an interesting idea. A, they mm-hmm. recommend a cheap Android phone. You can get inexpensive, even a, like a burner yep. phone from, yep. you know, the, the local corner store, that sort of thing. You go, yeah, you go, go to Walmart, you buy the, the prepackaged phones, you will come with a little SIM card. And, yep. and, you know, again, kind of a tip on that again is 911 works regardless if you have a SIM card or not. It has right. to. Oh, right. Good. So even if you have a phone that is doesn't have a, a phone plan, it's not connected to your service, it will You've dialed 911 or not, it will it will call. Yeah. And then the other part of that is make sure make sure that phone's charged when mm-hmm. you prepare. You know what I mean? Don't don't just assume that it'll be ready, ready to go. Uh, now, that the charging thing we'll get to in a second, this this ways to charge stuff. But it's better to have it charged and ready to go when the disaster strikes. But so a backup phone is not a bad idea. Uh, they recommend a solar charger. Having a solar charger on hand. We'll talk about specifics about that in a second. But if the power goes out. And there are there are various ways to charge things, but a you know oftentimes in the in the aftermath of a hurricane or tornadoes or mm-hmm. we have, you have surprisingly sunny skies, which yeah. actually has there's a meteorological reason because the storms usually sweep all the clouds out with them, but that yep. means that you can charge things oftentimes. Now to what you were saying, Father Corey, about storing the contact information on your phone, we should also print it out. They recommend yep. having important notes offline in physical form as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, lit, put all your critical information in that, you know, critical emergency information uh, printed out in addition to uh, yep. in your phone. So that that's a good point. Um, in fact, I talked a few weeks ago, we talked about preparing for your momentum or preparing for death. And I talked about mm-hmm. this, uh, something called the big book of everything that has all kinds of information uh that is something that you could print out and store in a file cabinet or someplace yep. that you could have access to yeah have have your emergency envelope you know open right. in case of emergency type of thing that you just leave in a desk drawer you leave in your kitchen junk drawer right someplace where you know where you're going to find it you know your spouse knows other mm-hmm. people you know have nowhere to go well one thing i've done though and i hope this is a smart thing is that after every every um event like this i trash that list because i'm always updating uh-huh. the mm-hmm. list on the phone because if you have an old list in an old kit right somewhere yep. you're like oh well we don't have this doctor anymore and we don't you know it's like no that that's a great point is keeping yeah. this sort of stuff updated that you can't yep. just do it once and this and, and you're you're done you got to keep coming back to these things and making sure that the backup phone still has minutes on it and that mm-hmm. the uh, that it's charged and that your list of phone numbers is up to date. And that's a great point. You should put some, a reminder in your task list that every six months, come back and check when it. When you change the old, old, of course it's, it's kind of changing now, but the old, you know, uh, when the every time change. you change the clocks, you, yeah. when the clocks change, you change your batteries and your smoke alarm. We'll mm-hmm. add this to that too. Now right. I say that's changed because the smoke alarms that were put in my house are 10 year lithium batteries. So that you don't <laughs> oh. have to worry about that anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> but when the clocks change and we, we don't, uh, we still have to change the microwave for some whatever reason. So, <laughs> yeah. we, you know, so there is still clocks you have to change. And so that's a good reminder to to check these other things that you have to you have to do. But put it in your put it in a task list. Remind mm-hmm. me every six months. Tell it. Keep redundancy in mind. Uh, so it's sort of the same thing with the extra cell phone. But make mm-hmm. sure you're storing your data off site. This is something we talked about. When we talked about backups is I have local backup. I have hard drives here. But I have offsite backup. I use Backblaze. There are other services, but all of my data is automatically sucked into the cloud. It's also iCloud, where my iCloud fo- photo library is, and that sort of thing. You mm-hmm. know, Google Photos is another way to store. Fo- photos might be the most important data that most, when people think of it, what's one thing you just mm-hmm. could, would hate to lose? 
photos is at really high on the list. And so back up your photos in several places. But yeah, uh, get your data off site. The it's the it's the falling off the the uh, the continental shelf rule of backups. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the the meteor rule. Yeah, one, one one thing you should be able to do is if you lose your phone, you should be able to recover everything. Yes. Mm. Right. Yes. You know, and I mean, it's 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 and I, I think, Dom, you're probably the same way I am where you could do that. Where yes. if, if, you know, if your phone, if you're you're out on the ocean somewhere and it fell to the depth of the sea, you'd be like, well, there's, you know, 700, 800 bucks I got to spend. But otherwise, right. oh, right. well, yeah, whatever I've done since the back this morning's backup and mm-hmm. yes, the cost of it. I mean, my wife's uh, laptop, I talked about that. She spilled water on it and killed it. But. We got it back, and within a couple hours, she was exactly where she was because everything is in the cloud, you know. And that's that's the way we live now is things in the cloud, which it makes life a lot easier. Uh, one of the things they talk about with with the offsite backups is it, it's kind of interesting choosing locations that have different geographical risk factors. It doesn't help yeah. if you if you live in a flood zone and you back up to somewhere down the street that's in the same flood zone. <laughs> You know, that sort of thing or earthquake zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure like that. That's not a bad thing is actually to to also store something local, like in a safe deposit box or at a friend's house. But that's not that shouldn't be your only offsite backup. Then you should mm-hmm. have multiples. And I'm sure if you go with these online like Backblaze, they've yeah. got ser- they've got routers or servers farms right. throughout the country mm-hmm. throughout the world in different environments and yes. different, Redundancy. you know, so, yeah. so if, if the one closest to you happens to be in New York city and New York city gets hit by Godzilla, well, it's not a big <laughs> deal because San Francisco's fine. It hasn't fallen into the sea yet. You yes. know? <laughs> right. Right. And maybe in Today, Colorado. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then they talk about plan and test. So, and I think this, they really mean this for like businesses, get your, your team together to test, but family should test and talk about these, these, backup tech plans the the disaster mm-hmm. recovery and preparation you know that's hard i can say just because i'm a family of two that's hard to convince the other yeah. half of me that yes we should really test these things out but that's yeah. one of the reasons why i stress things like the find my app to make sure that each of us can find each other in the case mm-hmm. of yep. an emergency and we're not home together right you know that having having that on and that capability is it might be a godsend at some point yes Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about some uh, tech hardware that we could get that m- might help with disaster preparation and recovery and you know enduring a disaster. Uh, now, one of the things I w- want to recommend is getting a, a, a radio, a literal AM, mm-hmm. FM radio that is not dependent on batteries. It can use batteries, but there are lots of these crank powered, which you have to crank it a lot to give it to one of your kids yep. and give them some soda while they're at it <laughs> uh, or solar powered or both. Uh, that's even even better. Uh, I had one that I, I'm going to put in the show notes from Eaton, the American Red Cross emergency NOAA weather radio. So it has a dedicated mm-hmm. weather mm-hmm. channel. You really if, if the power goes out and you don't have access to up to date, you know, the Internet or whatever, it, we can fall back to terrestrial radio and getting that information uh from from that source so and they're not they're not that expensive uh and just put it in your closet of doom you know wherever you can get to things your emergency Hmm. preparedness closet uh and and just keep it there one thing i would recommend though i know they're not the most uh sightly but they're 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 bright red and they're not the most attractive but because it is it does have solar you might not want to put it in your closet of doom or your armoire but put it somewhere where it actually gets sunlight so it stays the battery charged up yeah you're not all of a sudden in the middle of the night when the power goes out cranking for 10 (laughs) hours cranking for your life (laughs) well that that's every one of my devices has a specific and that's something too. If if you know which device is going to do what when, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my real. You know, we've lost we've lost communications with the rest of the world. Device, yeah. Right. So that's why I don't mind in the closet of, in the armoire of doom. So the one I put I, I'm I'm putting in the show notes is from Eaton, and it it does crank, it does solar, mm-hmm. it can also charge your phone. Mm-hmm. So if all mm-hmm. of your batteries packs, which we'll talk about in a sec, have uh, died off, <laughs> this will uh this will crank up and even power your phone. You, it'll take a lot of cranking, but you know, it, you you at least get some power out of it. So uh and it's just under 50 bucks on Amazon. So and it's uh, pretty well reviewed. Uh let's talk about those batteries though. Uh there mm-hmm. are 
several different kinds of large batteries and solar-powered chargers. I have one. So, so this this regular the regular batteries, and you should have several. I mean, most people have several of those around the house, and you should charge them all up. Make sure they're all charged when you have a disaster coming. Now, for stuff like earthquakes, you really can't. There's not there's a lot of lead time in preparation, and just if you live in an earthquake zone, you know, keep your batteries plugged in, keep them charged. But yep. uh, I have an anchor called Anchor Power Station, and uh, I use it. I got it for camping. I like to take it with me when we when the family goes camping, and you can you it has a a, a regular AC outlet on it. It has several USB uh, C and uh, A. <laughs> I can never keep mm-hmm. those straight. Uh, outlets. It has a the cigarette lighter adapter socket as well, and it is pretty powerful. I don't have the biggest one. I have the uh, uh, the Powerhouse Two Four Hundred, which is sold out at the moment. Uh, but they have several different ones. But this one can. It says it will charge an iPhone Eleven twenty three times, mm-hmm. so it holds a, a pretty good charge, and it can charge up to eight devices simultaneously. It has a three hundred watt AC outlet, a sixty watt USB C port, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this having this sort of thing around is, you know, even if you don't go camping. If you're prone to power outages, as my house is in my neighborhood, uh, this could be a, a lifesaver to keep everything charged up. Uh, of course, the you can also get um, trying to look at here some of the other things. A uh, they also have solar power chargers and other things like that that you can get where you can um, also plug those in and you lay them up. The thing with solar power is. It needs to be a fairly large panel to get much power at all. And it cannot be like the slightest shade or occlusion. If leaves fall on it, <laughs> that could really like it cuts the power a lot. So that's the thing with solar is you really it it takes a lot to get a little bit of energy. But uh, any any energy is better than none. But uh, so they, they have several solar power anchor does. And I always recommend anchor because I always find them to be reliable and at good mm-hmm. uh, products. So uh, other things that you might want to think about is like a rechargeable lantern. I have I have several camping lanterns. I have mm-hmm. uh, one. I, I'm going to link to one of them that it's just one I have, but there's a ton of them out there. It's an LED. So I would recommend when you're looking at flashlights or lanterns is to get an LED flashlight or right. lantern not not the old incandescent bulb because and it, most of them are led now they use very little power that's the big thing so they last a lot longer and they can be a lot brighter than mm-hmm. than the old bulbs and uh, so this lantern it recharges via usb and you you can even charge a phone off of its internal battery if you had to uh, and it's a mm-hmm. and it's a bright little light, and it has various hooks and uh, things so you can hang it in different places. Uh, and I have a couple of these, and whenever we have storms and outages, I get these out. Your fire department will tell you when the power's out, don't rely on candles. It's dangerous. Candles mm-hmm. are in op- open flames. You know, all of us have you know candlelit dinners or whatnot, that sort of thing, and so we're used to that. But setting up candles around the house and forgetting it's yeah. there and lit. It's a dangerous thing. And, and they'll tell you that when there's disaster strikes and power outages are the biggest cause of serious problem is people forgetting about candles and candles getting knocked over and, and setting houses mm-hmm. on fire. So, mm-hmm. uh, so a rechargeable lantern fix, uh, fits with that. What, what about you all? Do you have other things that you want to suggest? Yeah, I threw in a regular lantern for folks who might want to go old school with batteries, the Mm -hmm. Energizer LED folding lantern. Now, this folding, I have this, this folding lantern is great because closed, it can serve as a regular type of lantern and even a nightlight. But if you open it, now you've got the possibilities of putting it over things, using it as a Mm -hmm. desk lamp if you're sitting at a desk or at a table so that you can see what, you know, play games it it moves, and that's what I like about it. It it, it is a battery hog, but mm-hmm. I haven't had to change the battery. We've had a couple of outages, and I haven't had yet to change the D batteries. Okay, so that's pretty good. It it runs well. It's only twenty bucks. So if you're looking for something economical, there you go. I also have the Omar's power bank. It's a ninety watt. It has a ninety watt AC outlet on it, mm. as well as USB ports. Now I do not have. The one that they have out now, which also has the Type C, 
Okay. So now you can get it with the Type C as well as two USB A's, and then right. you can you can charge or run your um, computer off of it. But I bought it specifically for the AC outlet because my my husband and I've talked about well, can you put a light on that? And I'm mean, like, yeah, I can plug a lamp in that, and it does work. So you can actually have a normal looking room while you're. But it will suck. It will suck right. a lot out. So right. depending, but again, I have smaller battery packs to do the phones and the iPads. Okay. So that's the kind of thing when you're doing this kind of stuff, mixing and matching right. is is you know you you should know what bank should do what, you know, and it right. does this specific yeah. job. And the one well, I had one more that I was looking at buying, but of course I ran out of time. But I might still get this. It's a nine. It's a 167 watt portable power station and that has a couple of it has a three prong ac as well as a two mm-hmm. and then it's got a series of usb a's and and again the usb c right. which okay. is which i think is important for people's computers now and, and right. i was reading this and it was saying you could you can run a cpap machine on it you can run your computer you can run a mini mm-hmm. fridge i'm like a mini fridge wow for how long yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's not a bad price. Yeah, maybe so. enough to cool it down and make make things last a little longer. But uh, well, mm-hmm. the other thing is with all like with all these batteries and having multiple batteries so that you can be swapping them out. Also, keep in mind that your car, if you're ga- if you're yeah. full of gas mm-hmm. and your car is functional and it's safe to run your car, not buried in snow, uh, you mm-hmm. can recharge your tech from your car. So keep that in mind as well. Well, and, and to extend off of that, you not just can you plug in your your uh, smartphone into your car using your standard 12 volt uh, cigarette lighter, which, of course, that kind of dates us because they're not cigarette lighters anymore. They're power no, ports, but, right. uh, <laughs> your, tw- 12, your 12 volt power ports. But you can also get power inverters that will take that 12 volts DC and make it into 120 volts AC. And so um, in some cars like uh, the pickup truck I just got from my folks has it built in. It has a two prong. 120 volt built in to the vehicle. Um, But you can get boxes that do the same thing. And some of them are really nice where not just do they have the AC outlet, but they also have a USB, a USB C outlets. Um, Now there's, there's kind of a caveat when you're doing these inverters though, because there's only so much power you can actually pull through a power port and that's 150 Mm. Watts. Right. That's what uh, that is. The industry standard, as far as I know for cars that at that point, if you go over that, you blow fuses. But you can buy bigger ones that come with the alligator clips that you can plug direct to the car's battery. Ah. And, you know, car batteries are huge. You know, we, we talk about, a you know, let's say my I can't remember the exact specs, but I think my phone is something somewhere around the range of, you know, 4000 milliamp hour battery. Car batteries run from 40 to 70 or bigger amp hour. Yeah. Thousands of and times. A milliamp, a yeah. milli, you know, a thousand milliamps is one amp. So you could charge, you know, on on the low end of your battery, you could charge, uh, you know, your cell phone from completely flat 10 times. So, I mean, that that, and of course, if your battery starts getting low in the car, what do you do? As long as it's safe. Yep. You don't have it in a closed garage or if you have in the garage, (laughs) you open the door, you can start the car and the car will recharge the battery. So. This is a great thing to have because, again, not just can you recharge your cell phone, you can recharge your laptop, you can you can plug in things like your CPAP machines. You can, I think, I haven't didn't look for sure what the wa- the power draws, but things like those hot water, instant hot water cookers, mm-hmm. I think those don't draw that much power where yeah. they would blow this. You, I would look at the specs. You know, don't don't take my word for it, but you know that'd be things like that for just simple being able to heat up ramen. You know, right, right, <laughs> heat right. up water for ramen or something like that. You know, simple things like that. So you can really, you can power a lot of things off of your car with one of these boxes. And they're not terribly expensive. They start at like 20 bucks yeah. for a low end one. And of course, the more features and the more power that it will produce. And if you do get the ones that clip on the battery, then you absolutely could run a fridge off of it. Yeah. You absolutely could run a, uh, uh, you know, a, a cook stove, a cooktop off of. Right. Very easily. And uh, and having one of these inverters, I mean, they're useful beyond disaster. You when you go on oh, trips yeah. and stuff like that, you can plug stuff into it. And you know, when you're when you're uh, on the road, you know, your kids' yeah. uh, PlayStation, uh, God forbid, you, headphones, headphones. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, actually, it's the, the, that's the funny part is you actually, if you do have one of these vehicles where it's got like the the behind the seats or the drop down uh, display that has the 
the plug-in where you can mm-hmm. plug things in. Yeah, you could use one of these inverters and play right. video games or a you know DVD player or something like that if you don't have it in the car. Right. They also recommend things like breast pumps, CPAP machines, nebulizers, you know, re- actual medical uh, safety yeah. equipment. Serious issues. Yeah. 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 Definitely. One thing my husband and I have done because of all this is we do have a small generator, gas right. power mm-hmm. generator. There you go. But that's why we went through our ele- electronics and said, what can we put on what? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we have to, the big generator has to do the refrigerator and the freezer. Right. And hope maybe if we can get it aligned up two stories, the internet. But that's a about what it can do. Right. So we have to have know what are these other small powered battery, what are these battery packs going to do for us? And that Marlboro portable power station also, you can hook up solar, uh, solar panel to it. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. get, we'll talk about that one in a sec, yeah. but I do want to not uh, miss the generator question too, which is mm-hmm. generators are another piece of tech and they are coming mm-hmm. different flavors. There are yeah. generators that will power your whole house. Uh, mm-hmm. They, but they have to be set up by uh, qualified electricians and plugged into your into your uh, fuse box, your your circuit breaker panel. Uh, but there are also just portable generators that you have to carefully and safely use outdoors. Put it; it has to stay outside. You want to kill everybody with carbon monoxide, uh, and then you run uh, extension cords inside. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. losing a losing a freezer full of food, a fridge full of food, mm-hmm. that can be a disastrous. Just well, just even having food to eat, never mind the expense of losing it. Well, in, in places like the three of us live in the winter, you can get your, if you talk again, talk to your electrician, Yeah. but you could get your furnace set up if it's a natural gas or something where it's like a tank on site where it's still, you're still going to get the fuel for it. You can run your furnace off of a small generator. That's true. That's mm. true. That's probably something I should look at. Talk to your, you know, uh, your electrician to figure out some way, some way as simple as, again, with these little portable generators where you could just have an actual electrical cord that you unplug from the, the power main and plug into this outlet. You yes. know, something as simple as that. Well, that what we're trying to do is have it put on the house mm-hmm. to, to do our heat. We can just flip an actual switch. Yeah. yeah. But try to get an electrician nowadays. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole, yeah, whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. The, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, why I'm encouraging my kids to get into the, the trades, plumbing, electricity, mm-hmm. uh, n- not just because it's a good profession, but because I can then have access to them once they're trained. Yeah. But, go ahead, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, like like I said, in, in the winter, you know, I'll be honest, if it's the middle of the winter and it's a blizzard here in Montana, I'll just throw all my food outside. Yeah. It'll be fine. We do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I get my coolers and I... But I want the heat. But yeah. I want the heat. I want at least to be able to stay warm, you know, mm-hmm. stay right. surviving warm. You right. Know? Exactly. That's a, That's an issue. So the Joanne, you mentioned this last one, this uh, Marlboro. It would, we'll have a link to it. Uh, one hundred sixty-seven mm-hmm. watt hour portable power station, forty-five thousand milliamp hour with solar uh, mm-hmm. powered generators. So this is like the anchor power station was mentioned, uh, and what and it's sort of a, a, in a different direction. Uh, the the anchor mm-hmm. is more expensive. It doesn't have the solar power, but it does have th- these other you know options. It probably doesn't have quite the capacity. I think the I didn't compare the capacities, but, uh, you know, it's another option. It's less expensive. It's it's, uh, 120 bucks on Amazon. So that that looks good. I think that's what we have for now. I mean, there's all kinds of other tech and tech ways to uh, approach disaster prep with technology. Uh, We may come back and revisit this. If you have questions about anything we've talked about or if you have suggestions for tech that can help you prepare for disaster or how to prepare your tech for disaster, you can uh, let us know by sending us an email to technology at sqpn.com. So uh, before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Amanda M., Nicole, Adam R., Selena C., and Chris P. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We wanted to talk a uh, a couple of headlines, and uh, we're we're running a little long, so I want to edit this down a bit. uh, But first, I want to talk about Amazon wants to pay you $10 in credit, store credit, uh, in order to get access to your palm print biometrics. So the reason <laughs> the reason they're doing this is they have their stores. So Amazon owns Whole Foods. 
But they also have these sort of uh, convenience stores that they've been starting, Amazon Go, I think they call it. And mm-hmm. you, the way it works is, is you walk into the store, you take whatever you want, and you walk out, and it automatically charges you. I think it's called Amazon One. Uh, oh, no, this is the, the palm print nope. scanner is the Amazon One technology. And It is Go, yeah. Yeah. Now, you, you just wave your – the way they want it to work is you just wave your hand over this palm print scanner – and it recognizes you and charges your Amazon account. And so in order to get people to use this, you need to have your palm print on file. And apparently people have been a little reluctant to give mm. their biometric data to big tech. Uh, what do you all think of this story? Would you, get, would you take $10 in credit from Amazon to give them your palm print? Uh, that's a hard no. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, with, I'm with Joanne on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Well, I mean, especially given how a lot of this facial recognition and other biometric sort of data has been not, let's, let's just say, not kept secure, uh, you know, whether mm-hmm. from governments or from hackers or even just Amazon. I just don't want Amazon yeah. to have this. Yeah. You know, I have a smartwatch. When I go in, I hit I hit the, um, you know, the charging thing with my smartwatch. It pays for it. I yes. walk out. I'm happy. I, yeah. And it's been a great godsend since this pandemic started. So right. bio, my palm print, no. No, I think now we're crossing the line a little bit. I don't mind having a device. Yes. But I do mind mm-hmm. you taking finger, palm, whatever, prints. Right. Yeah. No. I can always get rid of my Apple Watch and or True. switch it out or whatever. I can't change mm-hmm. my palm print. I can't change my eyes. I can't change my fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so once they have that data on file... I, yeah. I can't change my password. And I'm, I'm going to make this very strong caveat. I am not saying this is going to happen here in the United States. However, right now in Afghanistan, they, the Taliban has been able to get a hold of the biometric data of the people who worked with us. Oh, and wow. they are using it against them. Uh, and again, again, I'm going to make this strong, strong caveat. I'm not saying that's happen, going to happen ever here in the United States, but... It is a concern in some countries that if there is a regime change, suddenly mm-hmm. they're going to get this data even from someplace like Amazon. Right. Mm. Yeah. Or if yes. you travel overseas, you know, or, the, yep. you know, that sort of thing is, is as American, go to another country, that information can be used against you. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. So uh, I guess that's three of us hard no on the, yep. <laughs> the, my fingerprints or my palm print in exchange for $10. So speaking of big technology and <laughs> dystopian <laughs> futures, uh, so most people have a Facebook account. Some some people don't, mm-hmm. but uh, most people have a Facebook account. And one of the things you realize with Facebook is they don't really care about you as an individual. <laughs> the, yeah. Such that there is, if you've ever had a problem with your Facebook account, it's really hard to find someone who's going to help you with it. And so people who, we, there's a story from NPR, and people who've had problems with their Facebook account, say, being hacked, they send a, a message, help me, help me, help me. They get no help for weeks on, on end. But there is a loophole. Facebook owns Oculus, the VR headset mm-hmm. makers. And people found that Oculus, because it's this extra product that you're buying, they have really good customers or better customer service or actual at least exists so that if you have if you own an Oculus, you can get Facebook to help you with your account much quicker. So people have found this way of I if I, I need help, I want I need to get my Facebook account back. I buy an Oculus headset for 300 bucks, get the help and then return it and get a credit on my account. Mm-hmm. Uh now people people might say why you why would you go through so much trouble just to fix your Facebook account? The fact is is as much as we lo- we love to hate social media it has become a necessary part of our lives for many people even in jobs there are a lot of people whose job relies depends on them being able to post things on facebook manage company social media pages to manage their kids uh you know school after school activities and be part of a community It, it is a necessary evil for a lot of people and so they it's worth it to them to lay out 300 bucks even temporarily to get access to their Facebook account. What do y'all think of people having to do this? Uh, 
do we have a time for another episode? Yeah, really. Because we could go off. We could go off on all these tech companies, not just Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Google, yep. Amazon. If you have any problem at all, they don't have customer service. Actually, Amazon, at least when there's a delivery issue, they they they're a little yeah. more responsive. But as far as you lose your Google accounts, don't even bother trying to contact them. You're not going to get a hold of them. Same thing right. with Twitter. Same thing with Facebook. Um, I, you know, and it's it, it's so frustrating because. They should have some way that if you are locked out of your account, someone steals your account, you should be able to get it back fairly quickly. Right, right, right. There's a there, there's no phone number. And that's the big thing with Facebook. There's no phone number to call and talk to a person. And mm-hmm. sometimes like because when you're when you access Facebook's customer support because they get a billion users, they just they're, they're overwhelmed. Apparently, you all you're getting is automated replies. And right. you, yep. and, and you and you have the hope that someday some human being will go in and fix it for you. And that's just not good enough, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. But we're not paying for the service, so that what do we expect, is what some people would say. And that's exactly it. It's a free thing. So yeah. I think I would run, I think I would run the Oculus thing. Yeah. I would go get mm-hmm. it. I would get my Facebook account fixed, and then I would take it back because I'll get motion sick on an Oculus. So <laughs> right. I, there's, there's no way I'm keeping it. Although, but, yeah. Yeah. If it works, fine, because the last thing I need, because I use Facebook for work, is mm. to be out. Because normally I just say, hey, folks, I'm leaving Facebook. It's not me. But then again, I'm also a semi-public person in the kind yeah. of job that I have. Right. So I don't want that running around either. Somebody mm. saying they're me. Yes. That yeah. would not be good. Well, and it's, you know, the, the issue of fine. We're not paying for Facebook. We're not paying for Twitter. We're not paying for Google charges for the call yeah i'll do that i mean that's an old-fashioned technique right you call you know and at you know some point you have to give a credit card number or something like that and then they'll help you right if my facebook account got hacked and i couldn't access it i would pay five dollars ten dollars whatever you know to get Mm -hmm. to get it if if i had a problem with them marking one of my posts as not fitting community standards i'd pay a few bucks although there is a bit of conflict of interest that is possible <laughs> to, that might come up with that, that, you know, if, if, if Facebook I mean, yeah. doing things to they don't feel like the most ethical company. So I wouldn't put it yeah. past them to, to be doing things that generate revenue. Let's put it that way. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. I would I wouldn't mind being able to pay something to get back an account that's been hacked and I can't get into it. So, uh, all right. So those are those are our two uh, dystopian headlines of the week. I, I promise we'll have good headlines in the future. We'll have some fun stuff. <laughs> but uh, just too often it's it's these ones where we, where we get to say, oh, the big tech. So let's move on to our picks of the week. Joanne, I am going to let you go first with your pick of the week. <laughs> well, my pick of the week is not a gadget or an app, but it's an actual I, I'm I'm a TV person. So I mm-hmm. have my Apple TV and my Apple TV Plus. And I stumbled upon this extremely delightful series called, of all things, Schmigadoon. (laughs) And it is, I mean, I'm a musical theater. I'm a Broadway baby, have been since I was very young, been in shows. And this is a real intelligent takeoff, even though it may be very kvetchy or very um, predictable. homage to 40s, 50s, 60s musicals, Broadway musicals. So you're going to see very familiar characters with different names in a very familiar setting where you can actually look at it and say, you can look at the the whole entire series, which I believe is about six episodes uh, for for this season. I hope there's another season. Uh-huh. And say, okay, this is the 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 female lead song. This is the male lead song. This is the the ten o'clock number. You know, you can do the whole thing, and you, it, it's delightful. And it's people you know, and people who can sing. Christian Chenoweth, Alan Cumming, Keegan Michael Key, Cicely Strong actually sings. I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and of course, Schmigadoon is an homage to. Brigadoon, Brigadoon, yeah. But that's not where it stops. <laughs> you'll oh, see, awesome. you'll see Carousel, the Music Man. You'll see all kinds of and, and the the lyrics and the the tunes and the lyrics 
even sound like it's like a cheap ripoff, but it's not. They're intelligent. Oh, nice. Nice. So it, it's really good. I highly recommend it. it you know, if you have oh. Apple TV Plus, run. If you don't, you want to spend the money. Okay, if you're waiting for the, for the morning show or something else, this is a good filler. And, and they do have free trial of Amazon yep. Plus, too. So. Apple trial. TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. Yeah. Apple TV, excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I love musicals. I've always mm-hmm. said that I wish life were like a musical and people just broke into song. Uh, you know, when you're they walking down do. the street. Yeah, <laughs> they exactly. do in Schmigadoon. I'm going to have to check it out because I, I like all those old 60s and 50s and 60s musicals. So fun, 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 fun. Father Corey, what's your pick? So my pick is a, maybe a little bit of bragging more than anything else. But, you know, I live out I live out in, you know, I live in Montana in a small town where we have decent Internet available. It's 40 megabits down, three megabits up. It's OK. You can stream and do all that kind of stuff, but it's not great. And so Elon Musk has come to my rescue. Um, <laughs> really? I am on the Starlink beta. If you're not familiar oh. with Starlink, this is the uh, internet, uh, satellite-based internet, but it's low-Earth orbit satellites. So it's much, much faster than HughesNet and Viasat, which are the two uh, old-school satellite providers that were horrible. I mean, every person I've ever heard of that had them says it works. And that's literally the only thing you can say about it. It's slow. It's, it's laggy. This is neither. This is actually right now. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm on the beta and it's, I'm getting eight, 80 megabits down, which is twice as fast as my landline down. And I'm seeing as high as 15 to 20 up, which is five to six times faster than my landline. Wow. Uh, the ping we did. We recorded secrets of Star Trek, secrets of Doctor Who, and Dom. You said it was great. Yeah, I have right no now. problem with yeah. like, leg. Well, that's where I'm. I'm going to get to that oh, here okay. in a sec. Um, it's it's fast. It works great. I've had very very little problems with it until today. Oh. Um, and so that's why I'm going to say and get to this. But it's you know like but when we recorded for the secrets Star Trek, secrets Doctor Who, they. Jimmy said it looked, my video looked better. You mm-hmm. said, John, you said there was absolutely no lag whatsoever in our conversation. Yep. So it was fantastic. You know, I was, I was thrilled by that. I woke up this morning and I lo- was looking at the, I'm on the Starlink Reddit forum and people are talking about a outage and there was a real outage. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Ooh. here we go. Um, last night there was at about 630 my time, there was an 18 minute outage followed by another 18 minute outage and it was worldwide. Oh, wow. Reports everywhere is worldwide. And it was constantly, it was, it'd stay up for about an hour or so and then drop for a couple of minutes or a couple of seconds and stay up and drop and stay. It was being very, it was bouncing, Mm -hmm. you know, and it would bounce, you know, for a second or two or two seconds or 15 seconds. Right. And so right now I'm on my DSL. Okay. Because I didn't want to. And that's, that's the caveat. It is still beta yeah so i don't know if they pushed an update to their satellites and it caused it i don't know what happened right but there was there was this was the only but this is the only time i've had any real major problems with outage okay was today other than that it would have a you know a minute or a second or two outage and and on uh monday night when we recorded uh secrets of stargate i saw one of the outages and it literally was everybody froze for just split second and then caught up and gone Oh, yeah. it wasn't a big deal at all. Okay. So it's fantastic. Other than today, it has been rock solid stable. I've been using it for about a week now and the speeds have been great. Again, they, they haven't been where they promised. He, Elon Musk has said he wants gigabit Ethernet via satellite. Yeah. And I think when you look at what's going to be coming down the pipe, I think it's very much possible uh, because. I'm on the one version one satellites. The ones that are up there right now are the first version version two of the satellites are actually going to have laser links between mm. them. Mm. So instead of, you know, like what it does right now, it goes from my house, it goes up to the satellite and then it goes to a base station that's up in Conrad, Montana, which is about 50 miles north of here, I want to say. And then it goes from there via fiber and Bay of Backbones and everything else. What's going to happen is you'll go up to the satellite and then we'll go across the laser link to the satellite that's closest to your destination oh, and down. Wow. And that will be so much faster because there's only one up, one down. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. They, they I've, I've been watching this and they're talking about like they want to hold. There's a lot more satellites that want to put up that will make it faster and more reliable. And if you live outside of the big cities, this has been a big issue. Like you know, yep. broadband in the big you know in the big cities or in their suburbs has been available for years. But anyone who lives outside of that area in in 
more mm-hmm. rural areas, this has been an issue that no one has really addressed well until now. Mm-hmm. Google right. has tried to do their thing, but but this sounds like a, a good solution. Well, and there there was the the Rural Telecommunications Act uh, under President Obama that did allow for fiber to be run in a lot of small towns, including the town I lived in at the time, Malta. Mm-hmm. The problem was even when the telco put in the fiber, they didn't give us anything close to gigabit. The best you could get was 50 megabit, right. which is still fine, right? but it's not, but again, it's not the potential of fiber. Yeah. You know, again, those, Dom, I think you're saying you've got something like 500 megabit or something like that, don't you? Yeah. I'm 500 yeah. up and down now, but if you have Verizon. Yeah. See, yeah. that's not available in probably all of Montana, to be honest. Right. Wow. Right. Even in now, the big cities. Yeah. Now this is the one where you buy the equipment and then they charge Correct. you every month. Correct. So you buy the dish and it is a $500 charge. However, according to Starlink, they actually are losing money on that because oh, these wow. dishes aren't just passive receivers. They are actually computers. You can go online and see the, you know, the breakdown videos where oh. people are broken down. Dishy McFlatface, by the way, I love that name, <laughs> uh, but they've broken down the dish and it is actually like a full computer inside uh, the receiver. It's a it's a and then, transmitter and receiver too. I mean, it transmits yes. too. Oh, yes. It's That's, all wow. through the dish. That was one of the big differences with the the older satellite systems is that they were receiver only, thus passive and cheaper. But the the transmitting the, the was all Correct. via land. Yeah, it's it's actually. And by the way, talking about emergencies, this could be fantastic in an emergency mm-hmm. because yeah. it only has one power cable. So it goes from the dish to a power box and the dish is powered via power or Ethernet. Mm-hmm. And then from the power box to the, the, the Wi-Fi is also power over Ethernet. Okay. So you plug that one power, that one power brick in, and it, it uses a pretty decent amount of power. I want, I've been seeing reports anywhere from 60 to 100 watts, which, by the way, we were talking about, talking about cars. You could run it off your car inverter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only that one plug-in, yeah. and you've got full access. So if you've got a laptop with a full battery and you've got this plugged into your car, you could have Internet access in an emergency as long as you're Scott, you know, as long as it's not a severe storm that's completely blocking the signal. How is that affected by weather? I haven't seen too bad. It did diminish, but it never I never completely lost signal. We did have a storm, a pretty good storm go through, not like, you know, a, a super mega cell or something like that but pretty good storm go through and the the worst i got basically equivalent was equivalent to my landline okay all right that's good that's so good. i've i've had very little problem with degradation of signal like i said had a few little you know about every couple hours it switches satellites and you have a little bit of a gap but nothing too serious except for today so okay. it's been fantastic and i'm and as again as they keep improving it it's going to get better and better and better so if you get it if you're able to get on this i and you need it again you're in a rural area like i am i highly recommend it it, it very much i i enjoy it awesome. except for this morning yeah <laughs> So my pick of the week is another one of my menu bar apps. This one's called Home Control Menu for HomeKit. And I've made no bones about the fact that I have a lot of uh, home automation stuff through HomeKit in my house. And what it does is it gives you access. uh, uh, The uh, the most basic function of it is it gives you access to all your HomeKit functions from the menu bar. You don't have to open a home app. You don't have to, uh, you know, on your phone or on your in, on, the, on the computer. So you can turn things on and off from there. But the thing that I really like about this is that it gives you automation possibilities. I can, it, it gives you uh, links and uh, through X callback URLs, which is a, it's just a, a URL that when called will do a function in the program as opposed to open a website. Which is a basic mm-hmm. that, um, but it gives you that sort of control and access to your home automation stuff. So, bottom line is, is I can program automations, whether it's uh, in Keyboard Maestro or Apple Script or other uh, things. Uh, I use it in my Stream Deck to control lights and you know turn things on and off throughout the house. The power the turn the put the blind if you have a home automation blinds, put them up and down or turn fans on and off. That sort of thing. You can do it all through with ho- with automation, which you can't do through Apple's own apps. So this mm. gives you access to to controlling that sort of thing that you might not have access to otherwise. So uh it's it it is ten bucks, which is a little expensive for an app that just sits in your menu bar. So it, <laughs> I, I don't know that I would have bought it if it was just the the functions that I can do in the home app, but now I can do in the menu bar. But the automation thing was enough for me to say that 
provides me some real functionality that I can use. And so I picked it up for that. Uh, 10 bucks is a little on the high end for what this does. Now, Mm. again, I pay 10 bucks for an app all the time. Uh, and say this is this is worth it. Uh, if it, if it does enough, I, I'm not gonna cheap out on that. Developers are are worth their what you know what they charge. But um, but for for if, if I was just about controlling lights and things like that, I don't know that I would have spent ten bucks on it. So, but that's my that's my pick this week. All right, so that's it from us. What if you have any thoughts on our discussion, any feedback or questions for us, you can let us know by going to sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. You can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Make sure to follow Secrets of Tech wherever you get podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Joanne Mercier, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Dom. And Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>